Welcome to the Ankler Podcast. This is Sean McNulty from the Wake Up Newsletter here at the Ankler, uh, recording on Friday, March 17th. And yes, I'm still Guinness free for now, uh, but no guarantees as the podcast goes along. Wearing a sweater. (laughs) Thank you, Richard, for exactly. Although I have Irish blood, so I always say I don't need, I don't need to wear green. But you know what? I, I <laughs> do it in support of uh, of my people. Uh, just, of course, Richard Rushfield joining from Los Angeles, who will give us his full breakdown of March Madness picks. I'm sure, Richard. The town is dying <laughs> to hear how your bracket's doing. The Dodgers are looking good this year. <laughs> that sounds that sounds about right. Uh, yeah. Of course, uh, I put it in my newsletter to wake up this morning. But Sandy over, Koufax on the mound. <laughs> just keep digging it deeper, Richard. That's yeah. it. <laughs> over over twenty million brackets submitted on ESPN, and there was less than a thousand who were still good as of after the first day. Yeah. So, or still perfect, I should say. So everybody's just as in Hollywood. Uh, uh, everybody's an expert in in sports as well. Um, Except Richard, clearly, who's uh, charting Sandy Koufax's career. And uh, we have Elaine Lowe joining today, who has been on the podcast once before, uh, but now uh, she is part of the Ankler family officially. Uh, So welcome, Elaine. Hi, excited to be here. Uh, Any complaints on the snacks? Talk to Richard. He's your guy. Um, (laughs) Although I would think Richard would probably have a pretty good snack program. Uh, Yeah. No one, no, no one at the Ankler will complain about snacks. Uh, we'll, we will make sure <laughs> if uh, you're satisfied on one thing, it will be the snacks. <laughs> um, that's a, not much else to say about the Oscars, of course. Oscars, of course. But uh, Richard, uh, well, the number, we had the final number come in at eighteen point eight uh, million, uh, up from sixteen point seven last year. So an increase uh, of a bit. I think it was about twelve percent, and I. Th- think you were about right richard uh your prediction i, I, I do believe on last week's podcast i predicted 18.6 uh, all right which is a, a disappointing 0.2 off because you'll remember the golden globes i got it exactly right uh on on, on the nose to to the decimal point there so it was a high bar so elaine, elaine looks disappointed but i think she'll she'll get through that oh, uh near richard yeah <laughs> but uh the oscars uh, the oscars lives on the, the oscar comeback continues uh inching its way back it's better than down. Um, yep. It's certainly down from the kind of mid twenties where it was before COVID. But you know, I think everybody seems to think this is a, a win or fine. Richard, is that seems to be the the takeaway, right? From I think most people at this point. I mean, at, at this point, you're just looking for the 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 to be moving in the right direction. That they're not. For a while, it seemed like there would be no bottom to it. That 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 we were just in a death spiral, and uh, it would it would it would go down to the last the last viewer there, and and literally try and persuade the nominees' parents to watch. Uh, so coming back and and getting some new people back on the train, it's 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 a long way from sixty million, but it's uh, it, it's the right direction. Right. And ABC has it until 2028 anyway. So it really <laughs> doesn't really, there's not a new deal in the offing for a while. So uh, they have a little yeah. more room here to, uh, to keep growing it back, I guess. Uh, for five years, they can, if they can add on one or 2 million a year for five years, they, they'd be in good shape when that comes up. Yeah. If they can get back to 20, I think, uh, yeah, everybody very, be very happy with that. So we'll, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll put a pin in that one for a little bit. Um, certainly a lot going on this week in larger, uh, cultural and banking institutions going on, but, um, you know, Elaine, I'd like to just kind of hand the mic over to you a little bit, uh, just to, for viewers to get to know, for listeners to get to know you a little bit and kind of, you know, 
and I would love to hear kind of, you know, what's on your mind here that the, the uh, round out Q1 in a couple of weeks. Um, what's on your thinking, dominating your thinking, your conversations you're having with people. Uh, give us some insight as to what, what you see going on these days. Well, first off, I can't believe we're almost at the end of the first three months of the year, right? <laughs> you were like the end of Q1. And I was like, the Q1 of what? Oh, God, it's almost the end of March. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, we've had a little bit of a rocky start to the year, right? I mean, it's like, you know, we're still seeing all these waves of layoffs in the industry, all of the uh, residual effects of uh, consolidation. Um, it's been a rocky time. And I think big picture, right? Like not just looking at the quarterly earnings. I, it almost feels like we're at this inflection point uh, of how Wall Street sees Hollywood and of how Hollywood sees Hollywood. And mm. you know what I mean by that is for years, the industry has been investing so aggressively in streaming and Wall Street has largely been happy, right? As long as those subscriber numbers are growing at a fast clip. And now the conversation has turned to like a loan shark, like, okay, but where's my money? You know, <laughs> when, when is this thing going to turn a profit now? And we Bring saw Netflix. Kneecaps, kneecaps yeah. are being broken. Really. Exactly. They're, they're threatening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we saw Netflix get squeezed last year and now they've turned to ad supported tiers and a crackdown on password sharing to create more revenue. And now we're seeing these decisions that the rest of the studios and entertainment companies have been making which is mainly, you know, layoffs, more restructuring. I mean, 7,000 jobs being cut at Disney alone, we've heard this quarter. And, you know, collectively on the balance sheet, this push into streaming has resulted in, what, billions of dollars in operating losses in the direct-to-consumer segments. And, uh, you know, we're also seeing, though, promises of where things are headed, right? It's like, Iger is back is the big headline. People are thrilled. People love him. People think he's going to turn things around. Um, you know, we've seen some optimism from the street this week for Warner Brothers Discovery, which is also supposedly at its own inflection point where they're going to start turning things around into a profit. And I think this is also, you know, what I mean when I say that this is where, uh, you know, a difference in how Hollywood sees itself is I think we're going to see the industry take a good hard look at itself, especially as the WGA negotiations have come up. And Richard, I'm sure you've got a lot to say about that. But it's like, what does it even mean to work in this town anymore, right? When you're constantly up against, you know, increasing pressure from investors, these waves of layoffs, these con consolidation that we're all still feeling the effects of, like shows the getting pulled from streaming services, which I think is just such a, like to, to think that the thing you've created now takes on such an ephemeral nature in something where we thought there will always be a place on the internet for this thing to live. It's like, what does it mean to be a creative in this town anymore? And of course, like that's nothing new, right? The tension between creative and business has existed since the beginning of the industry. But I think this year, you're really gonna have both creatives and studio execs taking a good hard look at themselves and asking, you know, whether this is all worth it, maybe. It's it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, this this notion that things last forever, Elaine, is an actually interesting thought in that they never used to. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, show got canceled, didn't even finish it. You couldn't find the episode, shoot 13, and maybe it aired six. Those seven episodes never saw the light of day, uh, ever. Uh, and that show never you couldn't find that on a you know, they didn't put that on a DVD, uh, or rarely, unless you're freaks and geeks, you know. Uh but the yeah, stream it is were, funny you know, our expectations have changed i mean it was, yeah, right yeah there was a time when if you wanted to see a movie that came out uh five or ten years or 30 years ago you just had to wait and wait for it to come on movie of the week and maybe in a few years you'd get lucky and you'd gather around when it played and now it's like what do you mean the entire Fox catalog isn't available for, for me today? It's uh, it's it's that was supposed to be the promise of streaming, right? <laughs> it was, you're, you're right. I mean, I think, I mean, and that's actually interesting in a sense that the you know, what were the the promises of streaming, right? So, mid 2020s, late 20, uh, mid 2010s, late 2010s, everything's available all the time and it's not that expensive. 
Mm-hmm. What's happening in 2020s? Everything's not available all the time anymore. And here's the real price, um, which we have been dangling in front of YouTube TV just, you know, announced that, uh, you know, t- that today they're raising the price up eight bucks to for the cable bundle. Every streaming service pretty much has raised their price in the past, you know, six to eight months, more or less. Um, the American public is seeing the real cost of this stuff. And by the way, we're not giving you everything we told you we were giving you which was everything that's ever been created uh, of all time. Um, you know, you, you, gotta, you can buy it on iTunes. I mean, actually, it's funny. The Last of Us, HBO announced the the, DV, the uh, digital download date of uh, in, April, in April. So you, you can pay for it. Um, but this notion that you have everything at your fingertips, you know, Netflix is the only one that's still kind of holding on to that promise, right, Atlanta, at this, at this point, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, although, you know, it's like things keep moving around, too, right? It's like we saw this big pullback of everybody calling back their content from Netflix. So, you know, they've been through the same thing, too, to an extent. And now I think it's just adjusting our expectations again from, you know, what, five years ago when we were basically told anything you want is here for six ninety nine a month. And right. now it's like, no, it's not. But, or, or you can watch some ads for six ninety nine a month, but <laughs> not commercial free on Netflix. But uh yeah, it's just, it's, uh, I mean, it has, I don't think the ripples have kind of gone through. I mean, you know, we started watch this stuff and read this stuff. I don't know the consumers had that impression yet, but I feel like it's very much on the horizon this year uh, with a, the price increases and that availability factor, um, or it becomes available somewhere else. And, you know, as, as things like, you know, HBO selling series to, you know, to Pluto and things like that, where, yeah, okay, you can watch it over here, but you have to watch it. Where, where can I find it? You know, it's not going to be on HBO you know, Westworld, but you can still watch it, you know, on Pluto or whatever it is. But, you know, again, we know that because we follow it, but it's not like there's going to be a big announcement about that, you know, uh, somewhere. Yeah, I gotta um, wonder what kind of effect this has on consumers, right? And consumer loyalty, both to a network, a studio, a streaming service, which obviously they don't track this as well as we do. And it's like, hell, I get confused a lot of the time. So it's like, what's the average consumer out there going to know about like, where do I find this exact show that I want? And what does it mean for when they're willing to fork over 10 bucks a month if they're like, well, if this show is going to get pulled unexpectedly, your expectations change, right? Because then it's not, I'm committing my money every month to this service where I know things will be there. Now it's, ooh, should I do this? But I, I, I'm I'm not sure how much that expectation of the catalog uh, really, really drives it. I mean, it, you know, the, the, what what gets people to sign up uh, with the services, by and large, the new shows, uh, the, the new sh- the, the, the buzzy new shows that they hear about that people are, are talking about. Um, and then. That you have a bunch of other stuff after that. After they they watch The Last of Us, there's a bunch of other stuff. I I, I don't I I don't know how much they're saying like, oh, I might want to watch Westworld again, or I never watched Westworld, um, and and I I, I want to know that that's available or that I could, you know, get into season three of Curb Your Enthusiasm anytime I want. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it 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 is kind of it it is kind of more like. Uh, old time tv and you know once again with all this uh everything old comes out like you you do not have an expectation with tv that 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 um when you that when you bought cable that you would that the moment you thought of a show it would appear uh before your eyes you you had an expectation that there'd be a lot of stuff to watch at it at any given time right and the I, promise I, has changed yeah and, you know and, and I... on the on, on the writer's side of it uh, the the uh 
do, do, do you know who I, I don't see complaining about the uh, about about Westworld being taken away is the Nolans, um, who, um, you know, the, the 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 world is made of fury about it. For the for the Nolans, it's like okay, this could be sitting. Uh, earning pennies on in, in a back catalog here, or we can resell it to Pluto or wherever they resold it to, and get a whole nother check there. Um, so you know, moving things around is a way to keep generating income for the for for the participants in it. Also, I wonder if there is a difference in uh, between, say, the Gen Zs and Millennials versus Gen Xers and Boomers in the way they are processing the idea that not everything is going to be available all the time. Because I think there's a certain expectation. If you're like 23, that's all you've ever known. That's all you've known, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Everything's here all the damn time. And I can pay a couple bucks a month and I don't have to subscribe to a cable. I mean, probably a lot of these kids have not had to do that on their own until now. But it's like, that's the question, right? And it's like, Richard, you seem so serene about this. You're just like, yeah, of course. <laughs> this, is, this is the way life is. Things come and things go. Well, I think that's a, that's a very... <laughs> That's that's a that's that's a very healthy perspective towards the universe that millennials have. That I think we should all we should we should train the world that whatever you want will appear to you, and if if it fails to, then then you can blame on Twitter. For, look look for who to blame that the world has 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 failed you there. Yeah, make sure you pub, post it publicly as yeah who you think yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, conversely though, like you know that back to that training idea of the mind elaine is like you know music hasn't done this spotify is everything at all apple music you know so in music i can find whatever i want whenever i want why can't i have that in video you know that so it is that reality check of like well the music business works on much different economics than the video business does and welcome to hollywood you know um (laughs) but that that just logic right sizing elaine i think is an interesting interesting point where one business is video went started that way but now they're shifting away because it no it just doesn't make sense where music i mean look spotify still doesn't make money so it's clearly not it makes somewhat sense in music but even that's a bit tenuous um so it's interesting yeah a theory there and uh, uh, do you guys check out um esg's piece this week on the wga and the residuals and i thought that was really fascinating Mm -hmm. uh which speaks to you know making a really good point really a, a diving into how much you know, we hear this being pulled because they don't want to pay the residuals, like how much money that actually is saving, which is actually quite a bit. Um, but the fact that Richard, the, you know, the WGA and what they're asking for may actually result in more shows being pulled, I guess, was uh, an interesting theory, at least. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, potential it raises the co- I mean, the 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 residuals regime, it's uh, the 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 point of it is that. Uh, everybody is taking a chance and getting getting paid less than they less less than they would outright uh, because they're t- they they believe that the thing they're working on or they hope the thing they work on will be a success and they'll get a piece of the success. So if you take that away, then you have to pay everyone like it is a success to start with, uh, and and especially in this time when we're making you know seven million shows a week, uh, not all of them are going to be huge hits. Fewer um, the fewer will be really, yeah. But 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 yeah, it's very difficult for a streamer to say we're we're making the show. We we we're gonna play you for it like it will be a flop because we don't <laughs> we're making so much stuff we don't think uh you have much chance of actually being a hit, but we're making it anyway for some weird reason. 
Yeah, uh, Elaine, I, I just you know thought our conversation this morning actually like you know uh, the reality of you know yeah okay you want to be paid by the stream sure here you go and the the total money you make may not be what you think you know you maybe you may have been making more with that buyout you know depending upon how you you know there's it's like a, becomes like a, a lotterization of of the business in a sense which is kind of what it always was being paid in success but you know, kind of, it's not to be careful what you ask for, because it is important to be paid at a fair and, and decent rate and make a living at this business. But moving to this pay per stream uh, model may not work out well for a lot of people, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think, again, it, this brings back to the larger existential question, right? It's like when I talk to writers, it's like, you know, with you're, you're talking about things on top of that, like mini rooms and just the sort of the greater machinations, right, right. the streaming industry. There are so many external pressures that when you're looking at it, it's like, well, does this become, is it worth for me to work in this business? Is it worth it for mm. me to take the current economics of this and to have to continually fight this battle? And I think people are just so burnt out. It's like, I've huh. talked to upper level writers recently, right? Who are like, yeah, like I could make, you know, whatever, 60K uh, doing this mini room, but that might be the only job I do all year. And and it's like, this is really a, a factor into like whether these incredibly talented people stay in the business. Yeah. No, it's making that base, yeah, that base money that, that you know, that guaranteed income that, that would carry you for that long. And with these shorter series orders and things like that, it just all, you know, I'm not sure that the, the WGA deal is going to, I mean, mini room stuff can help to mitigate that certainly. And, you know, the uh, spam protection, things like that, where you can get multiple jobs, you're not being, you know, precluded from getting more jobs to make that money you used to make in a year by getting two or three jobs instead of one job. Um, but I mean, the, the, the deeper you get into this stuff, and I, I'm now on week six of uh, being immersed in this stuff, you realize how complicated these contracts are. And it's, it's, it's kind of playing whack-a-mole of you raise your, you raise your, okay, you raise you say they require more people, but then the budget is bigger and they, 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 they lose. And you're playing whack-a-mole in a moving landscape that, that you're, you're, you're just, you're trying to set all the parameters for how it looks today, but uh, who, who the heck knows what this, what the, what the universe looks like in, in five, three years or five years. Right. This deal is going to last for, I guess, yeah, a, a, is it a three-year deal, Richard, typically, or these are, I guess there's no real set time frame. Is that kind of a, right? It can be flexible in terms of how long the deal could go for? I believe it's it's typically been three years, but I, right. I think they I think they can. I think if they come up with a big, uh, this, this deals with everything, then they probably will set a longer, a longer uh, lifespan on it. Yeah. But predict, yeah, prediction at this point, you know, uh, the, 2024 alone a lot of things that are going to set to happen could happen so by 2025 26 again we could be looking at a much different you know the cable bundle would be that much more diminished things like that you know i mean it, people might not want to watch shows more than 90 seconds in five years <laughs> See, i mean not impossible it's uh so how do you uh, it, if if that's what the world is like how do you how do you plan program yeah. uh uh what what writers should get paid in a, in a, in a world like that uh, yeah i think there are ways but it's 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 very complicated yeah and in the nuance of how much people are ordering i mean the comps you know we're coming off of an era of you know this immense boom of you know ordering series where now i think uh, everything or many things we're hearing or seeing you know uh, there won't be as many shows ordered, not because of even the WGA and residual things, just because they need to spend, they don't need, want to spend to make that, they don't need to make as many shows anymore to, you know, to satisfy the the streaming service demand. 
people can't find things, you know, as it is. Um, so, you know, it's hard to even know what that level will be in 2025. Right, Richard? Uh Yes, and 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 sorry that was that was our dog's uh, part. Oh, yeah, he had a thought. <laughs> okay, no problem. Um, <laughs> but it's you know it's hard to when you're planning for this, Elaine. It's hard to really say what you know what what the, what the plan is for. Like, okay, we're going to order this many series. We have you know what people is like what writers' expectations are for series orders is probably mm-hmm. going to change over the next couple of years as well. And that's hard to factor that in, right? Right. I mean, it's like you. you it's it feels like. And maybe, you know, Richard, you could tell me if you feel differently, but it's like it just it feels like things change at such a faster clip these days. Right. And it's like you're constantly just having to sort of like move with with what the latest change to the industry, what the latest change to the economic model is, what Wall Street's latest expectation is that is causing this huge trickle down impact on the work that you're doing on the ground day to day. And it's like, I don't know, I was it like this 10, 15, 20 years ago? Hard to say. I, it, yeah, it's it, the whole landscape changes so quick. When, when Disney went in to first announce Disney Plus, the conventional wisdom was they were too late, that Netflix yeah. dominated yeah. the business. There was no, this wasn't just a few people. Yeah, this wasn't just a few people. This was the, the widespread reaction. They had waited too long. There was no room in the business for another streaming service at this point. Um, and, uh, it, and, 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 and here we are. And, um, you know, this, I mean, I, the, the, the thing really to watch, I, I, uh, ESG has written about it. I keep hearing these, these free services, the, the, you know, we, we may look one day at, you know, the, the, the folly of how, uh, of how Hollywood gave away everything to Netflix and created this monster. Um, well, right now they're, they're, they're selling for relatively cheap to Pluto and all these other services, all these things. If you go on those services, you could you could you could live a long life very happy watching just watching those watching those yeah. services. I mean, you might not get the buzziest show that everyone's tweeting about uh, on the day it airs, but uh, there's plenty to watch on those things. So, you know, that's just one scenario. Maybe they're setting up right now the thing that will ulti- ultimately bring about that that downfall. Who knows? Yeah, it's that lean back television that what you know the oldest uh, you know way people uh, approach it you know kind of is coming back and that that serves that yeah you can easily you want to just relax and watch something that you know and love or maybe you didn't see it's it's right there you know easily and free so I mean I, uh, we we view these things through the eyes of TV critics who are who, who right. are, need novelty who watch everything who need novelty are very excited about the. The buzzy new thing and spend the whole week having a conversation about it uh and 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 neat and you know it, it's death to them to not know about the show that everybody's talking about this week that's not what I your average american viewer wants yeah no I, I i i think as as we've seen succession has been um has 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 been written about and discussed and picked poured over and everything and i I I personally, as a media worker, love upset, love Succession, and am excited for the new season. Of the 300 million Americans, 298 of them are are just fine being left out of that conversation and don't feel like like oh god, I gotta gotta catch up on the show everybody's tweeting about. Yeah. And, you know, but to tie that in, you know, so they announced, uh, I guess that was last week, you know, and it's ending after four seasons, you know, uh, as is Barry at HBO, um, uh, which, you know, as to why those each shows their own different narrative there, but four and out, you know, which was not typically how HBO hits 
went in the past. I think you'd at least go five um, if you could. And now I think that for shows that maybe I don't know how big the audience barriers is, but succession, you're right. Is it, that's a very expensive show to produce Richard and uh, doesn't get cheaper as you go along, as you know, um, for an audience that have 2 million people, is that supporting the the economics of, of that kind of thing? It's not a soprano style, you know, hit as much as you might think that from all the, the coverage and what's written about it. Um, yeah. The, the stars start winning Emmys and they want to be paid like people. Right. Have, as they should, you know, one Emmys there, but, that Emmy, if the Emmys didn't necessarily bring in a, a wide audience, then you have a you you have a, a bit of a canyon there. Yeah, yeah, and then also over at Disney, who canceled Willow, which was a series that was well couldn't have been written about more. I think it was one season and done. So I don't know that the first the movie wasn't exactly a huge hit at the box office, and uh, there was a, apparently a niche audience uh, for that series and a TV series as well, Richard. The, the willow dream will live again yes yeah, somewhere back, down the line lying exactly. in the forest somewhere for another generation of uh of uh executives tweet. to discover someday and people to tweet about certainly uh but over at disney so you know and, and as biger announced on the earnings call you know he's got three billion dollars of cuts to find so that kind of goes in line you know with that general general entertainment banner there certainly and he canceled or he did disney plus canceled the uh, big shot the uh john stamos series after two seasons the uh mighty ducks series got canceled so they're starting you can kind of see that again those decisions of starting to parse the slate a little bit about how much you know how much are people really looking at the numbers and what the value is here um i mean the good, the good thing for them is there's plenty of room to cut like you can't uh, you can't say that any of these services are just like at the bone of like barely keeping people watching. Yeah. That's uh one could say it's maybe right sizing, Richard, maybe a term that, you know, maybe it went one way and now it's, well, maybe we don't need all this stuff and this right and th- sizing. That is such a corporate euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm listening to too many, uh, yeah. Bob Iger chats. Uh, my day, but- you had every net, you had, you had three networks. They each had, seven new shows and, and <laughs> you watch you watch they went on the battle of the network stars so you could see who the new, the new actors were and you, you knew them from there two of go. them were spinoffs and yeah but you know but again like it's going back a little bit of that broadcast tv where most shows didn't last more than a season you know like this uh, the streaming reordering and renewing of series that kind of went on for a while it's like yeah we're kind of going back to if it wasn't a hit we're not gonna you know, give it the longevity that maybe the other shows had gotten in the late, late 2010s in that sense. Um, so it's kind of going back to that model of like, yep, one season, you didn't, didn't work. We're, we're going to, you know, cut bait here. Well, one, one change, I, I mean, I, uh, David Poland, I'll give a hat tip to him, mention this. Uh, the essentially they're airing their pilots now, instead of making a pilot, they're making a first season and they, they, right. they air it. So um, it's, they, they, they're, they're, they're doing live tests of all these shows. So it seems strange that they're all just going up and being canceled, but they, they've, they've shortened the development process and, and just uh, thrown everything, which, you know, the development process used to include actually casting and filming a, a, a show. So, um, and That's now a great it's, all point. Just, it's all just out there. Right. Because now you just, you write scripts, you order more scripts ahead of time. And that's been, you know, the, the many rooms and back to those techniques of like, yeah, this is how we're going to develop the show. And then once we happen with the scripts, we're going to give it the full order. And once you order the show, you're of course going to debut it all. But the, if you're doing more of that, yeah, you're going to have more one season cancellations because that's, yeah, essentially the, the new pilot in a, in a way. I mean, isn't um, it only what FX that does like a proper pilot season and orders pilots instead of going straight to series? I, I, that's the only one I can think of. 
you may be at this point. Yeah. I don't even know if that's even the case anymore, but uh, yeah, I think it's only the broadcast season. You're, you're, we've been seeing this a lot of the casting stories going on. You know, it's not a typical pilot season where you're having all these things being shot and, and actors get paid for pilot appearances, you know, like things like that, that that money isn't there either. Add that to the list of checks that actors aren't getting anymore that they can kind of always rely on to get cast in a pilot season or whatever, and make their, their guild minimum and things like that. And, when you just write scripts and don't order as many pilots, that's fewer roles that actors are being, you know, being paid for uh, that are out there, Elaine. Um, and then uh, also this week, you know, Netflix finally found a movie budget they didn't like, um, which I think <laughs> <laughs> surprised a lot of people. Uh, what did you think about that, Elaine? Oh, the, the the kitchen was probably the Nancy Myers kitchen was probably just too large. That's that's that, what, that what know, it is? the budget probably. That was a ten million alone for the kitchen set. Uh, was that it? Yeah, yeah. It's Hampton's real Hampton's real estate uh, has killed the the, the location Myers, shooting. So. Uh, just for the record, so Nancy Myers, uh, Netflix, uh, she had a movie at Netflix that romantic comedy, of course, uh, with names like Scarlett Johansson, Michael Fassbender, Owen Wilson, and uh, I think a few others were were attached or circling. Uh, they were going to move forward at a budget of 130. It went up to 150 million, and Netflix said uh, that's too rich for our blood. So uh, Warner Brothers is the name that was f- uh, surfaced today as maybe taking it on. Although I doubt they're spending 150 million dollars on a on a romantic comedy either. Um, so we'll see what that's all about. But the reports today were saying they were looking at it for 100 million. Oh, okay, I don't even know how that math works, but that's uh, it. yeah. That- Nancy Myers has done one film since 2009. The Intern, right? Yeah. 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 The, which like did not. Movie. You, you want to lean? I liked that movie. I saw it in yeah? the mom. <laughs> but but right, her, hits na- her hits now are, are, are 14 years past. Uh, that's, uh, that's uh, I hadn't realized it was such a gap. Yeah. And, you know, uh, they didn't make, I mean, if you're putting a hundred million dollars into a movie, you got to, you know, at least hit 200 million worldwide to, I mean, for a theatrical, you know, profit. And uh, I don't know that that's a, that's a big, big, a big ask for uh, that genre, certainly uh, these days. So um, we shall see how that goes, but uh, you know, and, and the larger thing, the thing I want to get your, your take on or thought about was, in the sense of, you know, what Netflix does, you know, movies and TV is core to what it does. The studios, it's core to what they do. When you have these two other big players now, Apple and Amazon, where these are not their core businesses. Um, they're spending it and they're spending a lot of money, you know, especially Apple is still uh, spending a lot of money. And, you know, Amazon's been having some layoffs and austerity going on there in terms of the larger market uh, effects and, you know, inflation and costs and all that stuff going on in their other businesses, um, and even Apple has some news in Bloomberg this week that they're delaying some bonus payments and some travel costs and, you know, not layoffs, but, the, you know, things that you don't typically hear with Apple, you know, going on. And if the, you know, the economy can go in many different directions, as we all know at this point, but obviously a very shaky time uh, for what's ahead. Inflation had, a you know, another bad month uh, in February. And the banking system and so forth, but at some point, you know, if the if the economy keeps in their business keeps going a little south, their core business. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but you work at a company, and the first thing you cut is the thing that is not that <laughs> intrinsic to what you do, well, uh, the, or cut or cut division, back on. And the division where you've never, if, if I worked in a division and my company had never spelled out a clear scenario of what the financial model of my section of the company was and how it helps the company 
just leave aside some buzzwords and happy talk about about stars. I, I'd, I'd be that would make me feel kind of kind of just like this is something this thing that we don't know why we do it. Is that something we could do without? Or how much do we need of it? Uh, you know, where yeah. we've spent this, but maybe it's you know, I mean, uh, obviously Apple doesn't report numbers and Amazon doesn't report you know numbers either. But you know, Amazon. You know, it's not even it's not even the core product of Amazon Prime. I mean, <laughs> shipping is the main thing. You know, it's not even of its service. It's not even, you know, that's not the main thing that, I mean, who knows what people sign up for, but that's not job one there. Job one is to encourage shipping and buying. Um, so what, what Apple seems to like is is working with A-list talent. Right. Who, for them, it's, it's like- They will settle of, for nothing less than A-list. Yeah. So, and but it's, instead of instead of hiring them to appear in an ad campaign, they get them to be in a series on them. So they they have this halo of all these a, a list people and Oscars around them. Soon they will have worked with the entire A list. So true. Uh, and 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 it will live forever right there on their service. Uh, so will they need to keep doing that? Yeah, or how much? I mean, and they've re- you know really pumped up the output this year. Um, they ordered. I mean, I've written about it in the wake up, but yes, you know, so much last year and this year, they're pretty much debuting a new piece of co- new piece in either a new series or a new movie almost every week or if not three weeks out of four, like they really put the gas on how much they're releasing. And Boy. if they don't see a real uptick in subscriber numbers, you know, if nothing is really taking off. I mean, you know, but we know what those are. Uh, no, but if they're internally looking at it and saying like, you know, as they evaluate the numbers, you know, and then say, well, at some point, why are we still spending? So it's not, you know, it's just, it's five years in, it's not, it's not, we're not making a dent. And why do we, you know, maybe it's this much money, not this much money. Yeah. But I mean, like, what's the worst case scenario, right? I mean, it's like, (laughs) Sean, you were kind of alluding to, uh, okay, let's say, let's say, right. Economic downturn, something akin to the great recession, right. Like from 50. Or even half that, even half that. Even half that. Right. Like what's the worst case scenario. I think that we are sort of past that point where the big, line about apple five years ago was oh it's just a line item to them right like if this isn't working whole thing goes out the window but i think we're so far past that it's an entrenched part of their offering same thing with amazon Studios. same thing with anything that's sort of part of a larger conglomerate or a larger tech company like this is part of their core offering and i think even even if it economically made sense, like optically, it would be such a hit to suddenly say, we're going to shut down this. We're going to shut down Apple TV plus, right? Even if it right. economically wasn't working out. So it's like, I wonder what, what what's the worst case scenario beyond that? Because I think we're not looking at, you know, wiping out an entire segment off the balance sheet. I think we're just looking at some serious downsizing worst case scenario, right? Yeah, no, and I should th- thank you for clarifying. Yeah, I wasn't saying it was going to go away per se, but how much do you spend on that? How much, you know, uh, again, maybe they've, they've got, they've clearly increased their spending over the past, as Apple specifically, and even Amazon to a degree. And they bought MGM and they have two movie studios, they have two TV studios. At some point, as we all kind of look around at each other, being like, is this really needing, you know, I, 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 when does that conversation happen in- internally when? You look at the when the larger company maybe isn't doing as well, and you start looking at well, where can we shave a billion dollars? Which of these companies, you know, is what's one less than one percent of what Apple makes in a year? But you're looking to shave one or two percent. Maybe we take a billion off of our Apple TV spending. We not that we're stopping spending, but and then that just trickles down. I'm saying even to these, you know, how many series are we ordering? What's the, that kind of thing? We're like. 
how many more jobs, how many more actors are we employing? Well, you're doing less and less. It still exists. It's still there, but we don't need to be doing what we've been paying. So it's a false reality that we've, you know, inadvertently created in Hollywood that this is the norm, but it's, uh, it's, this, it's a you know, classic bubble in a sense uh, that I mean, I'm just, you know, could be, could be so out there. I don't know. I'm just like, just kind of looking at the larger picture here, Richard. If you want to look at this historically though, uh, the, the since since the the major Hollywood studios have started uh, before this between you know 1920 and uh, and and House of Cards, um, <laughs> you 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 had a a lot of companies come and start up studios and fund studios and get into the business and and announce they were going to take on the major studios and you had you had you had uh, you had a hundred years of that and and uh, here's a quiz how many of those survived. How many of those? Oh boy. Well, I'm sure you don't name, count Fox. Uh, Put it another way. Can you name one? Warner Brothers. No, well, Warner's was a, a close to not not the very founding, founding but All right, well, I, I have to have a Well, you can tell me, Richard. So. Well, listen, <laughs> no, not all, all the everybody comes and tries Hollywood because they they want to be in Hollywood, and everybody comes and try to do something, and they all yes. and they all run away. They all they they and. Uh, Put another way, why would we think Apple and Amazon would be different than Coca-Cola or Oh, okay, or, got it. Yes, Seagrams yes. or or anywhere else. Panasonic and uh right, that have all bought yeah. the GE, uh, you know, right, that have all looked at the business and they're yeah, no longer G, in it. G, the, the G was the absolute gold standard in, in businesses. Uh in, yeah. uh and and yeah, you know, not not a presence in Hollywood these days. Nothing uh, can be permanent. To a lens point, it would be a very bad look, and these companies, you know, are, are very cognizant of that. Um, you know, and then Apple. Look, I mean, it's uh, again, there's no numbers, but you know, Amazon is number one, and globally speaking, these are global products, not just the U.S. You know, and they do very well in Japan. They're doing increasingly well in India. They're making, you know, but Apple, I've yet to really see any chart where their content is uh, you know in the top three at any you know and if you're not in the top three of any business you're in especially in a tech company who looks at this kind of stuff and being best in class you know uh, how much you know i'm not throwing good money after bad but it's you know at a certain point what is is there a cutoff you know and it's, it's uh, there's no noble answer here but just thinking about just the larger context of what could be ahead and and how much ordering goes on and how many series get ordered, how many jobs are out there and back to even the WGA thing about all this stuff about, you know, keeping these, uh, this series on the services to begin with, you know, it's just a, that recalibration could even hit the people who are still spending the most, you know, as much as we think that they just have money to burn over both of those companies. So, you know, speaking uh, of the optics, what I think is so interesting is last fall, I was talking to a bunch of different folks, you know, showrunners, producers, agents about where is the place that they would most like to sell a show to. And, you know, HBO always number one, basically, right? Perennially, but really up there, if not number two, but neck and neck was Apple TV plus because they have created such an HBO like halo for themselves right. that it's like you ask a writer, like, where would you want to sell a show to? And the answer is, uh, yeah, Apple TV plus, cause I know they have the money. Like I know they've got the A-listers. It's hard to get in, but it's, you know, it's HBO right. level and yeah. you know, we, we, we like their executive team or whatever. And it's like, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's, I think it's incredible what a trajectory they've had in just the, the five years that they've been out. They've spent big and spent big. As you said, every A-lister in town is kind of worth there at this point. And that's yeah, kind of only paid off on, in some respects. 
right and the, the halo's there but i think you know at a certain point also it's like did you hear a lot of people come in with you that they saw your show you know the people watch and engage with the product where you know i mean as i always said written in the newsletter before but you know ted lasso is still before this season started was always still in the top two if not top three of most watched in their own list that they have in the app all the time shrinking is the only show that i've seen up there consistently you know in the past not just in the in the first week so you know others i think relevancy is also a question at apple name another you know besides ted lasso or shrinking or you know maybe servant or you know another apple show that uh, you can name severance maybe to a degree but i don't you know the, but you know it's not like they've had a cavalcade of like of wednesdays or things that you know that have happened you know i mean um, here here here's the great cycle for me of of, of all right uh, there we go of ownership People come to Hollywood not because it's a great investment or a great opportunity or there's because it's not. It's still every study has shown it's it's the worst investment. It's you you if if they want to they would be much better off just getting a you know buying a Dow Jones index fund uh, than 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 doing this. It's they come to Hollywood because they want to come to Hollywood because they want to work in Hollywood and Hollywood is a lot more fun to work in than the pharmaceuticals industry or 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 shipping or whatever or anything right. else and you just assume because you've been they just assume because they've been successful at everything that they've ever touched it'll also be a huge success here because they're huge hugely successful people and they come here and the whole industry is set up to just roll out the red carpet and give them front row seats at the oscars and say oh my god we've been waiting for someone for for someone like you to come and tell us how to do it please just sign right here and we're gonna we we've got the great the real we got the glenn gary scripts here that that we've been saving for someone who knows how to how to use them (laughs) so it's uh we're gonna give you we're we're gonna set, set you up with these and they do all this and they overpay for everything they do and they and and they get in, into it and they're having a great time. And then one morning they wake up and they realize everybody is laughing at them because everything they're doing, because maybe they had one big hit, but mostly they're just throwing lots of money away. And what the 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 other thing billionaires don't, don't like is to have everybody laughing at what fools they are about business. Right. Uh Will this time be different? We shall see. Yes, exactly. Well, speaking of turning it around, uh, other news this week. Uh, DC, we have uh, James Gunn hired himself to uh, direct the new Superman movie, which will be the new uh, launch, the new chapter, the first chapter in uh, the new DC era. Um, uh, but, you know, they have a big year ahead. Uh, Shazam is out this weekend, which we can get to in a second. Uh, you know, Aquaman, they had the Flash this summer, Bumble, uh, uh, Blue blue beetle i think it's called in april and um aquaman's uh two in december but next year the you know the, the james Gunn superman film will be 2025 july 2025 is the release date for that which will kick in kick off this new era but from december of this year 2023 to july of 2025 there's only one dc movie on the slate and that's the the joker sequel which is until october of 2024 so 2024 is gonna be a pretty dormant year you know, for DC, which is in this day and age feels like, you know, maybe there's some TV shows that'll go up or something like that, but that's a pretty long time to have your, you know, a dark period, Richard, I think now. Yeah. And, and even more so they, they did this huge rollout of the DC slate um, a, a few weeks ago. Right. Yep. And um, the message was 
the the message about the Shazam and these others were oh yeah there's these holdover films and we've got to we got to release them so they'll be coming <laughs> but don't worry they don't have anything to do with our real vision which is a great way to kick off a marketing campaign for a movie just announcing like yeah we got to just dump these and they don't have anything they're not leading to anything or anywhere but but we were stuck with them so uh yeah good luck if you go see them well that's the thing too yeah they're made by the former regime so it's kind of that you know classic uh back i remember back to abc when lost and desperate housewives launched and they they fired the creative team who made them before they launched and they became their biggest hits at abc in years in uh, back I mean, in 2004 would have been so hard too is would have been so hard to say shazam too we're so excited this leads the whole this is the 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 first step up to the whole new dc cinematic universe and and we really think this is going to bring people into a whole new level of experience yeah and, well, and say, james gunn is has gotten behind the flash as is on the record as being very very flash, high on the yes. flash so yeah so i will say he's he has endorsed that one shazam i think uh elaine are you going uh to see it this weekend or what is uh you know how are they in for a a bit of a rough ride on this one or or what's up is it blasphemy to say i think i'm all superheroed out for a little while on all (laughs) oh no we've hit saturation (laughs) (laughs) elaine love that's that's dangerous but superheroes aren't finished with you uh (laughs) oh apparently not (laughs) <laughs> oh boy, well, bad, bad news for Guardians of the Galaxy. Hopefully, you get re- restored by then, by uh, early May for for Marvel. Yeah, I'll gear up. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Um. Well, I think yeah. So more to come in the DC world, but you know, uh, there's definitely going to be the the narrative will continue. So as Richard said, we'll see how these these films shake out over the next uh, course of this year, certainly. Um. But. More to come next week. We have, uh, again, Richard, you have a, uh, uh, well, the strike negotiations begin on Monday the 20th, finally. So they, they, we get to the table at least, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll have some sense uh, next week from what leaks out. Did the, the, the big question mark is, are the streamers going to come ready to negotiate with anything real? Or are they just coming with uh, a few token handouts or not even that? Or are they just going to say... Get back to work, you people. We're not. <laughs> we're not wasting time. We're not wait, uh, jawboning here. Um, and you know, I, I, I think in the early days, uh, reports will leak out of what the of, of did they bring anything real here? And uh, that's that's that is the big question mark of this whole thing. Yeah, because we've only heard from the WGA. That's the only news that's come out. You know, the the, the other side is not, as far as I've seen, not said anything. Um, from their leadership at this point no and and the whole narrative has been like are the writers going to strike or the you know about the writer's mood and i i, I think i i think people can put that away now the, if 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 they're not offered anything substantial the writers are going to go on strike they're they're doing that yeah, and, they're, yeah. and they're probably going to stay on strike for a long time yeah. um until so the question is the only question mark is uh when do when do the the three streaming companies offer something substantial to address the problems do they do it next week or do they do it after hollywood's been shut down for a year yeah or or do they just give up in the middle of it and leave and then and then the (laughs) traditional studios can can do something Um, uh plan c yeah it's uh that 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 that's that's the only question everyone should be asking and that's the only thing we we have no idea about but uh they haven't said anything like we realize that the the, the streaming disruption has created a, a a a unlivable situation, and we're very serious about 
wanting about finding creative ways to address it. I, right. If there's been even a token statement like that, I, I haven't seen it. Yep. I have, I have not either. So, but I just said the news, the news will start coming out no matter what, because uh, yeah, time, time waits for no man. So that will be next week, uh, which Richard, of course, will be covering. So, of course, you can subscribe to the Ankler at theankler.com to get all of the latest on that and more. And uh, Elaine's first piece, which I'm, I, I'm excited to read, whatever it's, I have no idea what it's going to be, but I'm excited to see mm-hmm. what what she has cooking as well be coming up. Um, and you can, of course, follow us on the socials at theankler.com. Richard and Elaine, pleasure as always. Good conversation. And uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.